What's up, everybody, and welcome to How Musicians Make It. My name's Av, and I'm your host. Today, we've got Billboard charting blues and roots artist Joanne Parker on the show, and we talk about her career, her approach to music making, and uh, her experience booking festivals, being a woman in a male-dominated scene. We talk about a lot of important stuff, and Joanne's music is awesome, and it was really fun to talk to her. We actually got together in person this time, so it was a great time sitting in uh, the Jazz Central space in Minneapolis and talking with Joanne. I mentioned on the last episode that the Mechanical Licensing Collective is suing Pandora, which I thought was an interesting storyline this week. And, uh, you know, there's been a whole bunch of uh, stuff on Jazz Internet uh, about the state of music students today and talked a little bit about that on the last episode. So I appreciate you all tuning in and listening and everybody that's finding the show that's new. Thank you for being here. You know, we talk about a lot of music industry stuff on this show, uh, and uh, it's called How Musicians Make It because we, we talk about the business side of music, but I also just talk to artists about their process, and that's a big part of making it too, is staying in touch with the thing that you love and continuing to grind away at it, even when everything looks dire, even when it looks like things aren't working, because the people who stay in the game the longest end up winning. That's that's what I've figured out. And uh, we certainly get after that kind of stuff in the conversation with Joanne. I don't want to spend too much time talking because this interview with Joanne is really awesome. I know you're going to love it. Before we get to it, I want to tell you about an app that I've been working on for a really long time. It's called Gig Boss. Check it out. Gig Boss app is on uh, iOS and Android. It's a way for you to organize your music career, either as a band leader you want to get everybody on the same page, you can add them to a group and create events and then tag that group to the event and everybody gets an invite and they can accept or decline and then they see all the gig details, they can add stuff to their calendar and all that good stuff. Or if you're a freelancer and you just want to keep track of the seven or eight bands that you play in, that was, it was, I was both of those things. I still am both of those things. For 10 years, I was just like playing in 12 bands and leading five bands and it was just way too much. So that's why we developed this app so that I could uh, help, help me organize. I, we, we made it for me. We made it for me, so I need all the me's all over the world to check it out. Cool, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Here's my interview with Joanne Parker. And it's a long drive. I mean, that's a long drive for us just to go for one. Six and a half or something to, yeah. to the Porkies. Yeah. Um, yeah, bring in a Hancock. Let's do the That'd be fun. friggin' Patsy Klein show. Yeah. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah. I want to, look, we might as well talk, put this on the record, so like, you do that tribute show. Uh, I've listened to a whole bunch of your original music. What kind of benefits do you find from doing a tribute show? Why do a tribute show? Do those people become fans? Like, that's all the kind of stuff I'm interested in. Yeah, well, I started doing the tribute show because I loved Patsy Cline, not because I wanted to do a tribute sh show per se. Okay, cool. So it's something I'm passionate about. It's yep. not just to do it. Um, yep. And it's not like a tribute show, tribute show. It's... um. Like, I'm not trying to be her, you know? I'm not copying her in any way. I am telling her stories. One of the one of the cool things about that show is I tell a story in between, and people really love that. It's amazing how much they love the history. Cool. Uh, everybody comments on it. Oh, I love that story. I didn't know that about her. And it really, and it really added to the song, 
now and I I like that song more because I know that story and so uh so it's really more it was more of a passion project which is why I can keep doing it and why mm-hmm. I've done it this long because it'll be six years and never I always say every year that goes by I say I didn't think I'd do it six times because I did it I usually always use the year the year number for how many times I thought I'd do this show because I didn't I it just kept selling out and so we just kept doing it um but yeah we find that especially in new markets uh, you go in with a show like that, that has name recognition, yep. right? And people are, especially at performing arts centers and things where they're looking for their season, right? And they're going, well, I'm going to go to this show, this show, this show. Otherwise, if it just says Joanne Parker, well, who's that, right? They got to that. Yeah. oh, I don't know if you're going to get that immediate ticket. Cl- oh, Patsy Klein. Okay, I love Patsy Klein. And then they come see us and they love me. And then, yeah. yes, it, it it has really gotten us fans for the other things we do pays the bills right it gets you some money to make your original music because as we know that's not making much money for any of us yes (laughs) so because uh what we're getting paid on spotify or whatever uh so it helps get us money to to just make it and it does convert because again i'm not if i was trying to sound like her that would be different i think because i'm being me they hear me and they go, oh, wow, I really love her. I love her voice. I love her style. I love what she's doing. I want to see what else she's doing. And they yeah. and they show up for the other stuff. Yeah. So storytelling, I feel like, is a really important aspect. And I, I think a lot about this with playing my original music, that just like telling a story is a powerful way to bring people into the music. And you're having that same experience with Patsy Cline's music. Like, I, mm-hmm. I like that idea of like having, it's almost theatrical almost like having a narrator or something for a yeah. show. Like I did, I did a show about George Gershwin and there was like a narrator that kind of played George Gershwin and then we mm. played a bunch of George Gershwin's music yeah. and just made the whole like absorbing the George Gershwin music thing. It's an experience now. Much more experiential. Yeah. 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 And I just started a new one called Classic Ladies of Country and we we just did it this weekend and the crowd went bananas. They loved it. They love, I tell the story in a way where they kind of have to guess who, who the artist is going to be. So I tell the story and then kind of grab them and they're going, who is it? Who is it? And then I tell, and then we do the song. And like, oh, it was you know Tammy Wynette or whatever. And yeah. so, but it grabs them. But that's what I again. That's what I'm doing with my own music, right? Is telling my story because that's what my music is about. I'm not just singing pop ditties that don't mean anything. These are all stories, either my own or something I've gotten from somewhere else. And so, and I do that at my own shows. I tell my story. I tell the whys behind the song. And so, yeah, it was it was very natural. I think people get that. That's why they love it. It doesn't feel forced. It's very, we're all passionate about what we're doing. The guys love it still. You know, I made a joke the other day. I said, no, these guys just do what I tell them or something. You know, they work for me and they do it. And Chris said, no, we love this. (laughs) So so it's good. It's nice to have that. That's Chris Bates, right? Chris Bates Bates playing bass with you now? Yeah. Yeah, cool. And you've had a long time collaborator in, is it Mark? Mark Lemoyne, yeah. Guitar? Mm, Yeah. Cool. How long has that relationship been? 11 years. 11 years. Yeah. Wow. And so looking at your discography, it's like, it seems like 2018 was like, was that your first record and you started? Yeah. So we were in a band together um, called Sweet Tea at first and it was more of a cover band. And then I started writing, went to Joanne Parker and Sweet Tea. That band disintegrated. Mark and I stuck together. Hmm. And um, Tim Wick uh, is my keyboard player and he kind of came in at the end of that Sweet Tea thing. And so he kind of came along for the ride then. And 
we've, so we've been together a long time now too. And the rest of the guys just, uh, within uh, Chris is the new guy and it's was a little over a year. Yeah. Um, Chris is such a great vibe. Yeah. Just like yeah. really he, positive. He really. was really the, the, I always call him the missing link. It really was. Cause we've had these same people right now for everybody else has been around for four or five years. Yeah. We used to working together. And then we just, I, I never had a stable bass player. And then Chris was just a sub and here we are. And he just clicked. It just was like, this is the guy. And I, I, Chris helps me a lot because of, you know, his training and things. And, you know, he can help me back here. I don't have to worry. You know, I can say, hey, can you sure. handle this? You know, and yeah, I got it, you know, and I can just let it go, which is so nice for me. Cool. As a band leader, I don't have to constantly be music directing, right? Like, okay, because there's so many things when you're singing and leading and going through, you know, I'm trying yes. to play guitar. <laughs> Can't be worried. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. So now I've got just a good thing going on on stage and I don't have to think so much, which is great. <laughs> so are you like you've been with Mark 11 years? Are you are you writing together? Like what's that workflow process like? Uh not so much. We wrote a couple things together at the beginning. Uh he's written a few of his own th tunes here. I you know, I'll kind of throw things at him. Most of the stuff I've been writing the last few years has been just me. Uh I have notebooks full of things. I Cool. I bounce things off of him. I bounce a lot of things off of Kevin Bow, our producer. I send him a lot of stuff and yeah. just so what do you think, you know? And uh but most things are coming out of my own brain in the last few years. Mm -hmm. So, uh musically, I like to to have a a, a vibe, a baseline, a hook, you know, and of course the melody of the song and then take it to the guys and just play it and see what people we come up with, which is great because then everybody, I want that because I love everybody put in their own spin on things, yeah. you know, and then I'll say, oh, I don't know about that. Well, try something else. Okay, great. Let's try something else. And then eventually it just go, oh yeah, it'll click. So, there it is. Yeah. So basically there's a skeleton of a song and then we just kind of fill it in, which is really, it's really fun. And I think people feel good about that. They get to be themselves yeah. on it, which is why you want a band, right? I mean, Definitely. you have six people who play together all the time is abnormal nowadays. You know, there's that not a abnormal. lot of bands, right? It's yeah. normally like, especially in the blues world, you know, sure. it, which I'm more Americana now at this point, but where I come from in the blues world is a lot of times a person, right? Like, Joanne Parker, and then yeah. you fill in around right. that person. Band members can pickups. be kind of anybody pickups. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So having a band, so how that's been consistent for how long? Uh, like a, a while. It was say Tim's been Mark and Tim and I have been together for. Tim's been around for like nine years, yeah. eight, eight or nine years, wow. and then I think the other guy, six, five and six. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, it just it feels it just we like each other. Everybody's a good human being. Yeah. Is it, I don't know if it's B.B. King who said, you know, that quote about, I think there's attributed to many people, but about, sure. you know, most man, you know, 75% musician or whatever, 75% man and 25% musician. I don't know what it is. It's some <laughs> quote about, give me a good man, right? Yeah. It's great if they can play, but I want a good person. Yeah. You know? Man, I think about that a lot. Like I was just ta talking to Scott about this with my, like with my orchestra in the early days, I tried to get like the best players, mm -hmm. you know? And it just became like such a pain in the ass to try and get them and keep them and keep them excited about the music. And, and yeah. like, so, you know, so some of them will be like, well, usually when I do this kind of stuff, like, a, you know, get, and I'm like, well, dude, this is like, this is an 18 piece band. It's my original <laughs> music. Like, it's really not about you. It's about me. And I want really good players to do it. Yeah. And, and so I just had to go like, I want people who want to be there. Yeah. 
more than like wow they're a wildly impressive player and that for a lot of the players in my band did come like the, we yeah. were all developing we were young at the time mm-hmm. uh but yeah you know it's like i very much preferred to have somebody who like really had the excitement behind the thing you need that because you're yeah. not getting paid millions of dollars right you're right. creating something yeah and you need people who get that and that and so when you don't and there's always that person who's like kind of you're just doing this with right you're kind of button heads and yes and it just it, it's stopping you because now i'm worried about them now i'm going oh is so-and-so gonna be oh i gotta worry about this you know yeah keeping them happy yeah when exactly what you said is true i'm doing this and i i want you here but if you don't want to be here it's not gonna work yeah like come on yeah and then so these guys get that and it's so great and That's i'm cool. so blessed and people just I'm like, wow, you, yeah, I'm really blessed to have these guys who support me and lift me up and it's, it is abnormal, but yeah. I'm I was laughing about what you said. Cause I've heard that so many times. Yeah. I mean, it's so <laughs> it's real. The same lines. <laughs> <laughs> is there a book or something that you read? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's experience. It's just that oh. once you're in it for a long time, it's like, that's the experience of this thing. Yeah. And it's like, you know. and, and you grow together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you go, you sound, then you start to sound like yourself too. Totally. You, the thing takes on a personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really important. Yeah. If you're going to do original music, especially it's like, you need to have something that. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't want potent. all those subs coming in all the time. It's really hard. Yeah. You can find it. And sometimes it's fun, right. To get a new guy and then they go, Oh, they kind of may, might inject something in. Sure. Right? And you go, Oh, that was cool. They might get inspired. Is Tim. The, like organ organ yeah organ and did piano. he play the acoustic piano stuff on the new record yes it's beautiful i did a little bit of that on the cool certain, you, so songs. you're classically trained yes um yeah. what, what tell me about that like growing up you're you know you got a song on the new record scotty girl you're mm-hmm. a wisconsin girl you talk about being from a rural town in wisconsin um what was it like growing up that town how'd you find the blues um not till about 11 years ago so that's how mark and i met actually um we were in that first band I had never heard blues. I always say my extent of blues knowledge was Eric Clapton and Deep Purple because sure. my uncle had those records. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. that was about all I really knew. Um, I grew up with country, 90s country okay. and uh, classic rock. Tim you know? McGraw. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I listened and to some Tim McGraw back in the 90s. Yeah. Martina McBride. I loved yeah. Martina McBride because I loved her voice. Heart, you know, lots of 80s and yeah. stuff, you know, all that stuff. So I didn't know anything about blues really uh aretha franklin was probably closest i knew to anything sure and actually i got i did a concert a contest like one of those singing contests where they just get you to come back for like four weeks in a row and then get your friends to come in the restaurant makes a whole bunch of money and (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) right and you wait around for four hours that's what i did but i ended up winning that and i had a guy ask me afterwards if i would like to join his friend's band that was going to be this blues band because i sang chain of fools ah. he heard me sing that and he went oh wow this would be perfect right cool joined that band learned a lot of blues covers how old are you at this point so i'm 34 okay mm-hmm. so and- is this like you've started a family and like you're doing yeah. that thing yep my son was two okay two or three yeah wow. yeah uh and so i'd always wanted to be in a band and i was in a wedding band and stuff for, for a little bit playing trumpet and you know trumpet yeah i'm a trumpet player too cool i did not know that wow (laughs) yeah yeah that's what i I went to college to be a band director they let me major in piano but i had to do all the trumpet stuff i am not a jazz player though i was laughing with chris one day because i told him like karen quinn was my jazz oh yeah yeah yeah. she's great she's great she was my jazz 
director though. Sure. <laughs> she would call out people to improvise and I would tie my shoe every yeah, time because like, I'm like I'm looking, I have no idea what these triangles mean or these minus I don't know what any of this stuff is okay I'm just here for the credit um <laughs> so anyway <clears throat> but um where was I so I learned had to learn some blues stuff and the guitar player that we had at the time moved to Nashville and then Mark just got in the band by audition okay but he ran a blues jam at shaw's and out the blues saloon and i he said you should play guitar too because you need another voice because i'd never played guitar before and i said okay i'll try he gave me a guitar started going to the blues jams i told i went once i committed to going at least once a week for a year wow cool and a lot of times i went twice i went monday and tuesday yeah and my poor husband. I would get home at you know two in the morning or whatever every Monday, <laughs> Monday night. Uh, thank you, honey. But uh, that's where I learned to learn. You know, Jimmy Primetime and all those guys. I they knew that I wanted to learn the blues, so they were kind of hard on me. You know, they sure. they you know a lot of people go and they're just like what you know whatever. Come in and play the same thing every week. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I actually wanted to learn. Yeah. And so they would yell at me and stuff and I play drums a little bit. So I'd play drums Cool. and they would yell at me about, you know, my shuffle and, you know, sure, but, sure. but that all helped with my guitar playing. Hell right? yeah. the I mean, feel. It's not unlike the jazz jam scene where like people will, it's maybe a little bit darker in the jazz jam scene because people will vibe the shit out of you mm, sometimes mm. depending on where you are in the country mm-hmm. and it can feel real bad. Oh, but yeah. it's also like a massive motivating factor to yeah. like go shed, you know, yeah. get better. Was, do, I mean, I, yeah, I would cry sometimes, but you know what? They really respected me when I came back the next week. Yeah. Because they're, oh, she's back. Okay. Sticking with you it. You know? And now, you know, it's yep. so totally different because they're like, oh, look at you. Look at you go. Uh, but that's I wanted rad. to understand blues. Yeah. I wanted to, that's me. I want context. I want to know where it came from. I want to know why it came to be because I want to respect it. Yeah. And I wanted to learn the rules before I broke them. Mm-hmm. And I really want people to know, like, I want the African-American community to, to understand that I get it. Right. Because it's important. Yeah. I, it's really important to understand the history of the blues 100%. and to know that it did not come from me. Yep. So that was really important to me. So I did that. hung out with those guys and uh, started playing guitar. And it just kind of went from there. And say Mark led those jams and um I just then I just started I went to Memphis for the blues uh competition with the band yeah and I went to Stax and I went where has this music been all my life this is what I love right (laughs) that's soul music that's really where it's so interesting that you go from like you know classical piano major yeah in the bands and stuff did you do band directing before i did i got to teach for three years i i couldn't find a job i was a recession when i got out of college and so i did other school stuff but not teach and so i taught 2008 i got graduated in 2001 okay Mm -hmm. yeah so it was just not great for anything at that point when i got up here so i worked at hertz at the airport for a while did a bunch of other junk you know wow and then i got to teach for three years uh and then i did church music okay. after that when i got pregnant i had my kids you know kids came to work with me didn't have to do daycare and that kind of stuff and cool i had done church music forever my mom was the church music director growing up so i had okay. that i had that background too yep. right blues people all have usually have a church background definitely too. yeah so Gospel. that's why the aretha stuff always resonated with me too and yep. uh yeah so it was kind of all there for me 
uh, it just didn't know it. And my uncle was, he had a huge record collection and all this stuff. And so I heard all kinds of music growing up from him. Cause I hung, cool. he was a bachelor and hung out with him on, we'd go on road trips and he'd play traveling yeah. wheelberries and you know, all these, all these things, all these things. And so I was just sucking it all in. Sure. So when this finally came around, I went, Oh, now I can use all this stuff. I'm going to write songs. I was at a jam one night and this, there's a, um, blues artist. He's from up North someplace and he, he's blind. He's legally blind. And I had just sung, I'd rather go blind actually. And I had a James and, and he found me and he goes over and he goes, do you write songs? And I said, no, I've never wrote, written a song in my life. And he said, why not? And I said, I don't know. I can't. And he goes, are you kidding me? You're a woman. <laughs> write some songs. Women have stuff to write about. Go we'll oh, write. Yeah. There you go. And I went, oh, okay. And mm. I think I l went home and the next day I wrote a song because he empowered me. Cool. You know, somebody said, you can do this. And I went, can I? Okay. And, and I started writing. So then all of these things bubbled up and I was able to just kind of use them. And now I do even more because then I felt like I needed to be in a box kind of yeah. like write blues music, like quote unquote blues music. Right. Um, they're still good songs, but now I don't care what they come out as. I just write. And, so and you say you're kind things. of drifting more in the Americana realm. Yeah. I mean, you're on the blues billboard charts, right? Yeah. Like right now for yeah. the new record. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah. When it came out, um, there's blues on there, but I do so many different things, right? There's, there's a straight up bluegrass song on that record, right. you know? Yep. <clears throat> so I think Americana is very accepting of all of the things, right? Mavis Staples is considered Americana. Yeah. There's not a lot of place in the, that's, this is a whole other podcast we could do about the state of the blues right now. Sure. <laughs> because it's weird. It's, uh, I actually think there's more blues in the Americana world than there is in the blues world right Interesting. now. Interesting. Genre is such a silly thing, really. Yeah. It's like so much of it's connected and, you know, fe like festivals, like blues festivals, jazz festivals, like, it was like Blink-182 playing at the jazz festival. Like, <laughs> what's going on here? I know. It's just what's going to make money, I, you know, right? And sure. that's kind of what's going on in the blues world right now, too, is like, you know. But it's actually, just as a side note, the blues billboard chart used to report 15, and now they only are reporting 10, top 10, which is not uh, a good sign because that means there's not enough just, to even just make less. it. There's less, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So... Again, that's a whole rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in that festival circuit, right? You're doing a lot of festivals. At least I see stuff well, around the Midwest. Yeah, Midwest. It's hard to break in because there's one major booking agency. And usually what happens is the festival people just kind of go, oh, yeah, we'll take, we want this person. So then you get the six, these other six people you got to take with them. And then they don't look for Package, new people. Yeah, they're not even looking. No, because it takes some, it takes work. And frankly, again, another rabbit hole to go down is the women, it, you know, there's, we have about 15% of the festivals are women. 15% of the acts are women. Yeah. And it's, Bummer. I mean, it's, it's crazy at this point in time. Yes. And I get these excuses like, well, we couldn't find any. Wait, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> then you're not looking because <laughs> right. we're here. Right. It's just like the same thing with uh, black blues artists. Mm-hmm. Well, where are they? Oh, well, you couldn't find any? Because you know what? I'm toiling up here in the Midwest. Go down to Mississippi because I'm guessing there's people down there that are toiling just like me that are really great and you can find them. But yes, it, again, it's course. do you want it to. It takes intentionality. Yeah, yeah, you have to be intentional. Yeah. And so it's like it's anything, kind of if lacking. any of this is going to change, people are going to have to be intentional about Yeah. About it. Mm-hmm. And not just go, I had this package of artists from this label and now I'm going to put these people on the festival and that's mm-hmm. going to be that. Yeah. I see that all the time with jazz festivals, you know, at universities and, and high schools when they bring in multiple artists and it's just like all white dudes. And it's like, mm-hmm. this makes me feel uncomfortable if I'm on that bill. I'm like, man, this mm-hmm. doesn't look right. It's like, this right. isn't like you're saying, like understanding what my place is in the thing and that it didn't come from. Right my lineage you know it's like right. i studied all black artists and like you know emulate black artists in my playing and my writing this is like there's got to be some some level of like everyone's got to buckle down and go all right yeah let's make sure that we're representing everybody yeah. in these things yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah i i know it's it's frustrating so do you have a booking agent or do you do everything I do yourself not. Okay. i do not i do it myself Wow. Do you use like a pseudonym or you just do it as Joanne Parker? I've been doing it as just as Joanne Parker up until now. I've, yeah. you know, people have said, oh, we'll try that. You know, well, Mark just retired from his, his day job. So okay. uh, he's going to start helping a little bit booking now that he's got more time. But um, there's been a few developments here in the, the last couple months. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. It, I, do, I also don't want the wrong fit. Again, it's the same with the band members, right? Like yeah. I've heard so many horror stories from people too. I've done my work. I've asked other women mm-hmm. who are you know successful and I've just said, Hey, can we talk and tell me, I want to know. And so I don't, I'm too old to go through that. I'm 45. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't, and I've paid a bunch of dues in the last 10 years. I've worked my tail off. And so I'm smart and I also know my boundaries. I've got, I still got two kids at home that I homeschool, you know, I'm not homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. So they're, you know, they're important to me. And so, but I also know that I'm willing to do, I'm here, right? I I do go out on tour. I'm going to leave in next week. We're going for two weeks. So, you know, uh, Nashville, we've got three gigs in Nashville and then we've got a few gigs in Florida. Cool. Just as the duo. Duo. Yeah. Fun. It's eat cheaper <laughs> definitely. to travel right now as a duo so definitely yeah do you guys like rent a vehicle you take your own we take our own vehicle we just bring everything we got to bring all the pa and everything but um, but we do have a cool gig at wmot is the is the main roots radio network in nashville and we're doing a they have a friday afternoon it's not an in-studio it's actually at third and lindsley which was one of the great clubs in nashville and so we're doing a they, showcase but they do it live they do it on live the air at on the, the venue. Air. yeah cool yeah so i'm excited cool. for that because that's a pretty big deal because that was a pretty it's 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 in the americana world that's a huge radio station so that's yeah. exciting so i'm planning awesome. on going to americana fest also in the fall and see if we can get some get something going on that side of it yeah so you're you know you mentioned that when you start i remember if you said your kid was two when you started yeah, doing two, stuff my, like my youngest yeah um Jan and I have two kids. We're both musicians. We think a lot about how to balance being parents mm-hmm. that are involved. And you're homeschooling, so that's like yeah. wildly involved. <laughs> yes. Um, how how has that balance been for you? I wasn't very good at it at first. <clears throat> I mean, I'll admit that. I I think when I started, because I w- it was also new to me. I kind of got 
carried away in the what should the shoulds right mm. oh you should look like this you should do this many gigs you should get you know what i mean yep and so i actually <clears throat> excuse me i actually had to apologize to my husband in the last year and i just went i'm really sorry because i i did i kind of just went whoo and uh felt like when i look back and oh, i was I was probably gone too long. My kids were really little. So I didn't, I was, and it wasn't good for me. I was exhausted and I was just chasing, right? Chasing and probably chasing the wrong thing. Hmm. Uh, When I turned 40, I really had a a wake up. It was, I stopped, A stopped caring about what everybody thought about me. It was so weird. Janet Pe- had the same thing when she, she turned for you. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah, people She's around like, me I told me. I just say things now. I don't care. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, it's like something clicks in you. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I'll be 40 in May. Or yeah. in, uh, in uh, August, I mean. Okay. So. Well, look. F- I look forward to you <laughs> getting yeah. your epiphany as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's very freeing. It's funny because people kept telling me, you're not going to care. You're just going to. And I thought, what? what? I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm just going to be a different person. And actually that day, I think it was the same day. John Bream did my first big spread on me and it was my 40th birthday. And I, and I felt so validated at the same time. Right. Like I went, Oh my gosh, this hasn't been for nothing. Look at me. Like, hell yeah, I did that. Yeah. And also now I'm 40 and I'm just, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do me. I'm going to do what's best for me and my family and find the right people to support that. And thank God. I mean, I just, like I said, he's really blessed me with these people. They've, I, it's, they've just come around me and I'm able to just be me now. Yeah. And so I feel much better at that balance thing than I was before because I'm not chasing the wrong things. Right. right? You know, but I, it's almost like you have to chase the wrong things to know what the right things to chase. Are. That's true. It's like you put in that time yeah. and you look back and you go like, oh, you know, I, but also it's a, it's like, that's the grind. It's yeah. like you learn as you go. Yeah. How could you know until you know? That's true. You know, it's like, I wish I would have been better about not taking everything though. Yeah. You know, yeah. when I first started, it was like, Oh yeah. Somebody offered you a gig. Take it. You know what I mean? Like a right. hundred bucks. Okay, good. <laughs> you know? it's totally. just, and just valuing myself a little better. That was, that was what I wish I would have been better at. Yeah. Setting the bar a little and higher. And I feel like that's easier. Like you got started at 34. Like that's easier when you're 20, mm. 17. It's like, yeah, you say yes to everything yeah. because you need that experience. Yep. And there's less consequences for that. Right. You know, it's like there aren't the like, I have to pay my mortgage. I have to. Right. Kind of questions that we have to answer as adults, you know. It's, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But then the other side, I went, I have to take it because I have to pay my bill. So just take everything. You know what I mean? Instead totally. of kind of waiting to I just. Mean, so I was playing full time here and it was, Augie was too, Augie was like just born and mm-hmm. I was doing six week tours and like mm-hmm. it was tough. It was mm-hmm. like really tough yeah. to do that and be gone for that long and tough yeah. on Jana, you know, mm-hmm. and her band didn't play as frequently, which was tough too. It's just like, it was a lot. Yeah. To have to go. Yes, 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 yes. I started finally, finally saying, no, I've said this on the podcast before, but I started getting called for funeral gigs a lot. It was like right after my dad died. And that was the first time I drew a line when I went like, please don't call me for these gigs anymore. I don't want to play funeral gigs anymore. Even though like New Orleans music is this wonderful thing that I love and it's kind of born in funeral music. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm already, I'm grieving with this other thing. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. that was the first time I drew a line mm-hmm. and I'm still bad at drawing lines. I'm still a yes man for the most part. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Forties coming. Yeah. Right. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And I'll be like, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm taking yeah, that. You know, like I, Listening to your records, there you talked about writing, and, and um, I want to talk about "Wash It Away." Mm-hmm. Uh, that song stood out to me. It's not the title track of your record, you know. 
It's not one of the more upbeat tunes on the record, but the lyrics in that record are, are on that recording are super heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're you're talking about burying your sins and choking on the dirt, and you know, like the, you have to live with the, the the mistakes you made. You're eating up inside from the lies you've told, like all this stuff. How, how much of it's like great, like super, like it, it also felt the way you sang it, like it's like there's a real emotional connection to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I I wanted to ask like. Where does a song like that come from? Are you drawing on real life experiences with that stuff? Mm-hmm. There's always a piece of me that I has to resonate with what I write, so I can sing it like that. So always in anything, there's there's something there, right? That parallels either parallels or is something from my life. Yeah, a um, lot of bad relationships in my life in the past, right? I've been married for twenty years, but before that, before that, just lots of bad decisions right um sure and so a lot of my writing comes to me channeling something from back there uh also been doing a lot of healing over the last five years of just finding those things right and going i i always envision um roots that's why i went to roots because the roots are of of your of you like what, what you, whatever you have growing up here now, whatever I have, whoever I am comes from whatever got planted. Right. So yeah. if there's something bad there, finding the root and pulling that out, right. Mm. Weeding those things out. That's kind of what I've been doing over the last five years. Just like, I don't like this about myself. Where did that come from? That inspires a lot of songwriting because when yeah. you're going back and going, Oh, that's icky, mm. but then facing it and then getting rid of it. So, um, and then I might not write about that again because it might be gone, right? Sure. So a lot of the earlier songs are kind of about the same destructive relationship because I hadn't gotten rid of that yet. Hmm. Um, and so I think that one is just failed failed relationships. I think they come from not even romantic ones, right? But just anything that you've done that you have tried everything to make work, yeah. even the lying, right? Even the whatever, you, whatever you've done that's sure. felt like you needed to do to make that work or to save it, mm-hmm. and you can't, yep. and you've screwed up a whole bunch. It's like a conglomeration of different things, right? And put into one song. But just times in your life when you feel like, oh my gosh, I really messed that up. And now I have this left and I have to deal with that, whatever it is. Right. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, and the, just the pain of that, right. Of, yeah. of, and sometimes it doesn't go Lock away. Lock the door, the pain's going to come. Right. Yeah. Like it, you just have to deal with it. And what are you going to do with that? The song doesn't get to the positive part of it, right. What I'm going through now, which is okay. Now we weed it out and we deal with it. We get rid of it. That's yeah. just when you're wallowing in it yep. and you're like, I can't get rid of this. And it just hurts so much. Yeah. And that feels quintessentially blues to me too, yeah. even though the tune isn't necessarily it's gospel. Yeah. 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 Which I think is blues. Right. Um, but yeah, that's a, I think that's why I, I, my songs are stories, but also I think that you can find something in them that you can relate to, you know, in your situation. That's why I don't always like telling the stories of my songs specifically too, because I want people to go, oh, that's about me. What does it mean for me? (laughs) Yeah, totally. That's a gift to like write something that is both really personal and also relatable, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I've definitely 
was feeling that yeah listening to that song well thanks for paying to attention it. to the lyrics i i love when people talk about my lyrics because i like yeah everybody always wants to talk about my voice and that's great but like what, what did you hear the lyrics <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know because that's that's what i spend most of my time well on. your voice is definitely the first thing that hits you right I mean, it's like this big amazing bombastic <laughs> thanks voice yeah so I can understand why that would be distracting. Yes. <laughs> but, but it's like, it's yeah. great that you could peel back the layers and go like, oh, there's also this other, yeah. this like deeper layer to this mm -hmm. than just like, she's a good singer. It's like, yeah. oh, there's a lot of cool things happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think that idea of the dirt, I was thinking like you try and it's that roots thing again too. You're burying it, right? You're just mm -hmm. covering it up. I felt like in my life, I was just constantly covering mm -hmm. stuff up and trying to plant more stuff on bad soil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's dead stuff under there, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And you have to, you have to get that stuff out. So that's kind of what that's all about. It's just the stuff that I've been going through and trying to make myself a better person over the last few years. Awesome. Yeah. Are you strategically doing anything to build numbers on Spotify on <laughs> YouTube it like seems like your YouTube presence is pretty strong like people you make music videos first of all mm -hmm. which like a lot of artists don't do anymore mm -hmm. uh, it seems like you've got a lot of engagement happening there and people that dig your music yeah I did hire somebody to promote the video this last time I've hired him a couple other times before cool. so um, so yeah I think we're almost at 10k which is good for roots yeah for yeah for the last one for scotty girl oh for scotty girl yeah yeah that one's i think at 15 now or something is it? oh okay good i mean it looks like it's hitting and i did think like i have a buddy who did a wisconsin type song and it's like a polka thing yeah and he's like a jazz player and a beat maker in la and he did this like wisconsin he's from wisconsin yeah and it's just like like millions of views yeah. on youtube you know it's like his one thing that like blew up <laughs> i know well you know got a little you know you know peak of interest from the badgers yesterday so Ooh. yeah so we'll see i Come mean on. That's, that chorus hits hard yeah. i mean that's a cool chorus yeah well we did it in hayward this weekend and i mean i was everybody wanted to hear it we're doing this classic lady show and they were like Scotty girl yeah <laughs> and so I'm like okay you guys want to hear Scotty girl you got to say the bears still suck really loud though you know I mean <laughs> people love it they love it. it's an anthem so we'll see but that so that one was easy to kind of market to the Packers and like, you know that kind of so I, that that took did off did you did you work on making those connections did you have I did I was in Hawaii wow. with my husband and I said I am so sorry I have to work this morning because I had to do I had to go I paid for the blue check on Twitter so I could message people. Yeah, or X, okay. Whatever the heck it is. Anyway, formerly known as. Yep. And just started sending it to all the Packers influencers I could, and a few of them reposted it. Got on K Fan in the morning over Sick. here for the Packer report because Mark was like, "Let's get that." He did that. He wrote to Dan, the guy who hosts it, and he said, "Yeah, we'll play it as a bumper." And he, two days in a row, they played it and mention my name so that that one i was like that's what it's kind of like the patsy show right like market where you can get people hooked on your voice and yeah. then reel them in reel them in <laughs> because then other people are like oh wow you're really good oh you know yep. i had to go on what else does she do yeah. let's go look at her youtube channel let's go look let's go follow her on spotify and i made a tiktok i'm really oh yeah uh, i didn't look on tiktok for you i'm no, sorry i should have done please that. don't i'm not it's hardly <laughs> there <laughs> no you can go follow me i'll do my, it's hard when you're nobody's paying attention <laughs> It's like, why am I here? Sure. Um, but TikTok's but, wild. Like, uh, you could make one video and all of a sudden it just hits the thing and, and you get hundreds of thousands, millions of views on I know. Uh, It could be you, like, singing along to your own song in the car or something. Yeah, and the lip syncing that, thing the drives thing. me crazy. Yeah. Anyway. But that's such a huge, like, it's 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 wild. It's like people, it people push 
anyway, what I've seen looking into this is that that will happen with a song or like a trend will happen with a song mm-hmm. and other people will make videos using that song mm-hmm. and then the Spotify will blow up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, it transfers to that and then it yeah. can be something that you can build on as an independent artist and go like, okay, now I've got I know whatever, you know, 400,000 monthly listeners. Oh, that's, that's, I just, I just don't have time to do all these things. It's so yeah. much. I mean, I'm impressed so hearing that you're sending messages to people at the Badger Stadium to, to Wisconsin influencers, sports influencers. Like, yeah, that's that's a grind. Like yeah. doing that kind of work. It was a lot of work. I well, it was right it came out in a perfect time. It was right before the Bears game, right before the Packers Bears game. Yeah, okay. So I went, I got to get this out. I called my my video producer and I said, "Can you make me a reel of just the the Bears still suck part?" And he said, "Yeah." And so he made this montage of the Bears still suck like all these angles. <laughs> He's like, is this too much? I said, no, it's perfect. Let's go. This is so it. So I just, I just, yeah, I just sent it because there's literally an influencer who his thing is the bears still suck, and I'm like, Matt, here you go. And he did. He reposted it. So I got a bunch of stuff from that. So, yeah, it's just social media is. Just, I just want to sing. I just want to sing. I and know music. it's <laughs> such a such an interesting place that we all find ourselves oh, in right now, I where know. it's like. We're making potent music that connects with people in person, mm-hmm. but there's this entire world of people that spend almost all their time on the internet. I know. And it's like, historically, you know, I've thought about this historically in the in the jazz thing too. Musicians go to where the people are, and like Miles was like Miles Davis was like that. Miles was like, you know, he noticed that all these people were playing college shows in the 1960s, and he went to his promoter and he was like why the hell aren't i playing all these college shows and he's like well young people don't want to play hear the music you're playing and he said all right and he changed the way he dressed and he changed the music that he played and he started but and by the end of a couple of years he was playing the isle of white festival for a hundred thousand people you know but it was like he went to where the people were he's like well i have to go to like if this is a thing where there's lots of people there and in a lot of ways like that's tiktok that's instagram reels you know yeah which is such a Pressing. I know. Like, I was just telling somebody last night because I was hanging <laughs> at the at the jazz jam at Whitey's and like, I was like, I just love to perform. I'd love mm-hmm. to be in front of people. That's really how I want to spend my time. Yeah. And so much bullshit is like doing the internet thing and trying to build. <laughs> and some of it works without. It's like the the YouTube thing is like for me. Like I have this educational material on trumpet, and. I've always enjoyed teaching trumpet, but like, this is not what I want to be doing. And it's the shit that's popping off without me trying. Yeah. So it's like, I should like, I, like inside I'm like, God, I should be making these videos all the time. Cause it's actually working. Yeah. And I actually make some money on YouTube mm-hmm. monetizing YouTube. Like unlike Spotify streaming and Apple music streaming, you yeah. know, it's like I should, and it, but it's like you said, it's all the shoulds. Like I should be doing this. I should uh-huh. be doing that. I should be doing that. It's like, what do I actually have? mental bandwidth for in time and it's not fulfilling and it's not fulfilling. you've got to get something that fills you back up yeah i know i just setting the stupid camera up and stuff i get all mad (laughs) just you know it's such a pain you know then the kids will come down and go mom (laughs) what are you making for dinner you know i mean in the middle of a video that finally is working so you know it's 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 yeah it's hard i just back to the question you asked i was thinking um i did hire a guy to help with spotify when the record came out okay um it did well for a while so i'm up a little bit you know it goes way up and then it comes back down yep um so i'm above where i was but again i know i I mean what it's such a pain because you're not making any money from it yeah so really 
I don't know. I don't know. That's a problem that needs fixing. And I don't even know. Like, I just did an episode of this on the podcast that essentially says, like, major labels still basically run everything. Spotify only does as much as the record labels let them do, Mm -hmm. which is why they try to get Joe Rogan on there. Because they're trying to get out from underneath the major label. Yeah. Because they have to pay all the, you know, like a massive percentage of their profits. 60% of their profits go to to the labels. Right. Uh, So it's like, we we like to hate on Spotify. and And I do very much in the sense that it's very hard for people like us to make money on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when like, you know, I, I just sold 20 CDs at, in Bismarck the other, the other night and made 200 bucks. And yeah. I was like, yeah, there's 200 bucks in cash yeah. from selling CDs. And people are still buying CDs. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I sold a thousand dollars worth of merchandise this last weekend. Sick. In, in Northern Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. People are still buying CDs. I wonder if places like <laughs> Northern Wisconsin, like in Bismarck, North Dakota, where I was, yeah. I wonder if, if CDs are a bit more common, if like maybe if people trend older, if they maybe drive cars that are a little older, Could still be. have CD players, or if it's just people still want to support artists and they want to they have something physical. They want to take something physical. home, yeah. right? Yeah, you can sign it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did like I did an album release party in 2018 and did 1100 in merch at that party mm. and did it did mm-hmm. it at the Parkway Theater and it was like like I, there's I would have easily lost money had I not had that as a yeah. piece of the puzzle, yeah. you know, so it's like the merch game is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you, what do you do? Like what you have CDs? What do you have Just other stuff? CDs, t-shirts, koozies. Yeah. If you write, if you do your t-shirts at 25 bucks, that koozies, that extra five bucks, 30 bucks, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, okay. get them to round up. <laughs> Definitely. Um, just that's about it. I had, I have not ventured. I'm going to try and get some hats, I think this year, but it's cool. again, you have to invest so much yeah. money up front yep. to get that stuff. Well, now that it's like now there's the you have to do it online though. It's like the the um, print on oh, demand stuff. Yeah, you know, but which you I experimented with, with, but you, you can't take it on tour with you. You have to pay that money up front for tours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Youngblood would like borrow, you know, ten grand from one of the parents of one of the people <laughs> in the band and buy all the merch and then pay it back at the end of the tour. You oh. know, that's how that's how they always did it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But we would do you know it's like a 10 piece band doing big club shows all over the world it's like we would do huge amounts of merch and that yeah. was basically why we could tour with a 10 piece sure. band yeah you know yeah yeah i don't know the merch thing is again for from the people who the age of people who come out to see me the women are the ones who buy the things so i kind of cater to the women a okay. little bit more cool. you know because if the women buy stuff then the guy will kind of go oh well i don't know He's like, don't you want a shirt too uh, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. but the women are the ones who buy the stuff yeah. for the most part so i kind of have make sure i have women's shirts on hand cool you know because go for it you know say if they're gonna buy it then i'm gonna have stuff for them <laughs> yeah. so uh, but it's a hard it's hard to know what they're gonna want and and then you're sometimes you're stuck with these t-shirts then you're like nobody yes. okay now what do i do with these <laughs> i got lots of t-shirts in my house oh yeah lots of I boxes know. Of we, we could all do a trade that's what we should all get together and we can all trade our old t-shirts with each other <laughs> that's a fun idea i would wear a t-shirt for sure <laughs> I know. Yeah. we could just you know have a oh come get other t-shirts so you don't have all of your own and stuck at your house <laughs> gosh that, that's an idea for a business right there, you there. Go. that's a <laughs> old merch my aunt, yeah my entrepreneurship brain is now fla- <laughs> firing you're welcome I, yes, you, you can take some i've got some t-shirts for you <laughs> <laughs> vinyl vinyl have you ever thought about vinyl I, oh i do have vinyl yes you do have vinyl. i okay, do have cool. vinyl mm-hmm. awesome. i finally sprung for vinyl there was a sale in this, this whenever it was a print I, sale yeah and so i was it like ads here in town or no it was um what's the one online um 
the CD. Oh, I can't even think of the name of it right now. But it came from the Czech Republic. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it's one of the places. There's only a few of those places. So Yeah, um, I heard that ADS in Plymouth is now yeah. doing vinyl. Yep, like they are. Like copycats and ADS. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep, the price was right on this one. So I thought, well, first time out, I'm just going to see if it sells. Did you pre-sale? Did you do like... Uh, I did a few pre-sales. Kickstarter, uh -huh. Indiegogo, what'd you, what'd you use? Uh, for the, uh, the albums were separate. So we, I just did a pre-sale on my website for those. Nice. We did a... Indiegogo for the record for to make the record yeah uh, this time around and we always we'd always do pretty well but you know people don't have a lot of money right now either so it's yeah they you know I've got a few people who always give me they're so generous you know but it was yeah it, we need those people I know like I was uh, you know I was having this conversation with a buddy the other day that that same show I referenced where we, I did 1100 merch I also had somebody seed the show with a thousand dollars and pay for the flights of the guest artists who came for the show mm. so it's like I could not have without that guy mm -hmm. you know essentially covering the fees of the two guest artists and covering their flights mm -hmm. there's no way a show like that happens yeah you know no. and I, I went to his house we smoked cigars we talked about his aloe vera plants <laughs> she's like a single guy successful loves mm -hmm. jazz you know yeah. and like wants to support yeah and just gave him the opportunity to support it's it's a tough i think it's a tough position to that we have to put ourselves in to, yeah. to like ask mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but in a lot of ways like the open mouth gets fed you know some people like to be asked too Totally. You know People what I mean? want to be a part of yeah. the cool art you're making. Yeah. There's a guy who sends me, he lives in Atlanta area and he, just out of the blue, just here's some checks. <laughs> wow. Going, really? I, like, I want to support what you're doing. Here's, here's some yeah, stuff. Yeah. Never. Cool. He's, uh, I think he saw me one time in Des Moines. He wow. said that was, yeah. So you don't know where it's going to come from. Yeah. And you don't know who you're playing for. I mean, it's a great lesson. I'm like mm -hmm. no matter where you are. Yeah. No matter how many people are in the audience. Yeah. Yep, it's Put always your heart out there. Yeah, it's oh, it's always touching somebody. I think that's what I struggle with the most when I'm getting down. Cause you know I have a I have a breakdown about if Mark was here he could tell me it's probably well, once every two and a half weeks that I'm like <laughs> I'm done I'm quitting I can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, is what what am I doing? Does this matter? You yeah. know. Does yeah. anything matter? Because then you get caught up in the Spotify and that you know like, yep. oh I posted this video on Facebook and nobody saw it. Yep. You know, again. You know, and yep. you're just going, what am I doing? Yeah. Does anybody even care? And then you go back and this way I try and write things down so I can be grateful and go gratitude. Your gratitude journals are great. Craig, you'd be like, yes, because look at this. Look at these notes people wrote me. Look at this stuff they gave me. Look, mm -hmm. you know, and you have to go. And in the end, you have to do it for yourself. Yeah. Too. Like, are you writing and singing for you? Because, you know, you have to do that for you. Yep. You know, it blesses yep. other people, but you have to do it. Because you love it. Yes. Right? Like, I love this song. If you love it, somebody else is going to love it, too, I think. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but that's hard because you get caught up in those. Rick Rubin talks about that. Yeah. That's yeah. where I think I was thinking about was him, yeah. you know. But it's so true because yep. you can't pour out your heart and soul for everybody else and try and make everybody else happy. You have no idea what they want. You'd have to do it for you. Right. It's a losing battle. You'll never figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to change tomorrow <laughs> have you formed any relationships with like sync agencies or anything like that have you think about so sync licensing i would love to do that yeah. uh, if i could figure out how <laughs> i could make an introduction oh i would love to i think your music would crush okay great yeah, yeah. i would love that i've i've tried um but it's uh, breaking in i think is the hard part yeah 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 i'll send you a message okay 
Well, Perfect. That'd be great. I, I, I think so too. This moody blues stuff, I, you know, like these, you know what I mean? Like, I always say that. I'm like, this song would be perfect in a movie. <laughs> uh, and you just have some, gr- like, some of your choruses are just really memorable. And like, you got the like background gospel choir kind of thing going on yeah. on a bunch of them too. Yeah. I've listened, I listened through all your records. So it starts to blur us together, like the 21, the 21 record, the 2018 record, the 23 record, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that through line of like great writing. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. I love Mar- like Mark's doing all that slide guitar stuff too. Mm-hmm. Killing. Yeah. I did the slide on Forsaken, which was a great. Nice. I think that's a good movie soundtrack song. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, there's always a slide guitar, right? In a swampy scene. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Get into the new Princess and the Frog. That was like in New Orleans, the new one. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like all that. I did try Taxi this year. Um, are you familiar with Taxi? I have. I Remind me. It's, it's, it's. it's they send you pitches. This music editor needs indie music or pop music, yes. or, right? And then you can submit to. Do you like pay a yearly pay, fee to like be a member of it or something? Yeah, hundred twenty-five bucks or something right. a year, and yeah. then you pay per time twenty-five dollars. Like if you, if you submit, if you submit a pitch. Um, but I actually, I mean, they actually write you back huh. if you don't get it, which is That's nice. nice. Yeah. And say thank you for sending it. This is what this didn't work because I'm really looking for this. Yeah. Which was I thought was really nice. And maybe helpful for how right. you kind of package things in the future. Yeah. And I, cause I think I just went, I don't think this is really fits, but I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure who knows. I just wanted to try one. Heck yeah. And, um, yeah. And they wrote back and it was, so that was nice. So I thought, well, it encouraged me to try again Yeah. if they're going to actually listen to it. Right. Yep. Cause sometimes you send things, you go, do they even get it? Do they hear it? Yeah. Like, that's why I don't any of those songwriting things. I'm like, I don't even, I think it's like a scam. American songwriter, yeah. Or, yeah, American I, composer. Yeah. I, I, I would just cancel my membership to one of those because I've been writing a lot of songs too and mm-hmm. I have submitted some things and it's just like, what am I doing? I don't know if they're real know. even yeah. or I, I don't, don't know, know where the money's listening. going. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I haven't even done one of those because everybody wants money and I'm way, okay, well I don't have a lot of that. So <laughs> yeah, be a little more a careful about what I'm doing with it. Tough thing. Can't, can't we like make money on the other people and like... <laughs> Lift the artist up yeah, somehow. I know. Like that's Here, definitely. Listen to my song. I'll give you fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's what the whole streaming model really is. Like we give our shit away for free, and mm-hmm. everybody listens yeah. to it. Because now, starting next year, you have to have a minimum of a thousand streams in a year-long period to get paid. What? Yeah, the first thousand oh. streams you will not get paid now. Oh my gosh. Uh, so even so, so it's prioritizing. <laughs> what they say is that that pool of money will get redistributed to the people who get more than a thousand streams. So if you do are able to break through, you'll get a higher pay rate. Uh, mm. But it's taken away money from the small artists. My gosh. It's an interesting argument that they make oh. um, for why they're doing it. But uh, it's just depressing. You it know? is depressing. You know, I have gotten on serious. This is the other thing. I have two songs on Sirius XM, which actually pays. Yeah, right. The radio thing. Yeah. That actually pays a decent amount. Pandora is in that same is it? realm, I think. Okay. Of like radio. So, but now the person who took over at Bluesville isn't taking any, hardly any new music on. They're mm. playing, they, last week they played Aerosmith a whole bunch of times. And like, I know. And I'm going, okay, now you just took away money again from all of us who are making good music, you were playing it, and now you just refuse to take any new stuff because the new guy just is like, eh. 
I'll Again, not Aerosmith. even trying. I don't understand. It's it's so hard to understand. It's yeah. like they're trying to kill us. <laughs> just, just actively working against us for some reason. So the old one still gets played. The one that off the last record, Gone So Long, gets played still. Yeah. Um, but nothing new, which would have been really nice because I was really hoping that, well, if they took one off the last, they should take a couple yeah, off the new one. Yeah, got the new record no. coming. Especially after it charted higher on Billboard than yeah. the other one did. Yeah, and, and you obviously feel like, I mean, like, I anyway feel this way that, like, as I release more records, they, they get better. My yeah. writing gets more refined. It's like, yeah. I'm a better artist now than I was in 2014 when they noticed such and such. And now I released this album in 2018 and nobody saw it. So this is way better than what I did in 2014. Oh, yeah. What's happening? I know. And I pay, you know, I do hire a publicist. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and she does a great job. But she also told me, you know, there's nowhere to send these things to anymore. Publications are going away. She said she went through her list of people she used to send things to, and she said, I didn't even realize how bad it got. Wow. She said, there's, you know, once people die, nobody replaces them. Yeah, nobody wants to be reviewing. And there's no there's no newspapers. Right. You know, you used to be able to send it to, I mean, John's Bream's one of the only ones left that do a newspaper. Yeah, our newspapers now are... I mean, they're not really, but social media is what is how people consume everything. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, there's not a lot. That's the of... new way. Yeah. It's a tough, and you're doing that. I mean, you're 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 hiring people to edit videos. You're yeah doing the thing. You're making music videos. You got a TikTok now. <laughs> We're gonna link your TikTok in the show notes. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. We'll get I'll you try. some how musicians make it followers. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll have to think of some more things to do. I know I had to go in and go to my daughter, my 16 year old. I said, how do I make this background? I don't even know what I want to do. I'm just like, can you show me? Please yeah. help me. Cause she's not even on there anymore. Cause she, she kind of got off social media, but she, she knew right away. Cause these kids know how to do things because they've they done grew, it their they whole grew, lives. Right. Yeah. She's totally. like, Oh, you just, just do this and this and this and this and there. <laughs> Is she the one in your video? <laughs> yes. In Roots? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Fun. Yep. She's a, she's, she's a good musician. She won't sing in front of me or play in front of me quite yet. Uh, we sing together at church, cause we do, <laughs> but that's the only time she'll really sing with me. So I'm hoping to get her out with me. I would love her to sing backgrounds in Fun. the show and stuff because yeah, be she's awesome. got a great voice. So yeah. did you hear that, Annika? Yeah. Are you <laughs> it's time it's time yeah but yeah she's a she's really good and she's trying to teach herself some chords and guitar and piano and stuff so cool yeah it's fun to have your kids do it with you yeah so let's 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 wrap it up uh what i have i have like a couple rapid fire questions Kay. um one desert island albums what oh. are your desert like maybe pick three? Oh, that's so hard <laughs> A Sam Cooke live at the Copacabana. All right. One of my favorites. Aretha Franklin, Amazing Grace. Mm. <sighs> oh, my gosh. It's got to be an Etta James record. Or Patsy yeah. Cline. Or how do I pick, Adam? That's what <laughs> I don't know how to pick that. It's Desert Island. You, know? you got to pick. Yes. I know. I had to come up with 10 for the Desert Island show, and I could hardly do that. Yeah. Uh, or Led Zeppelin. I don't know. We'll have to go with Etta, I guess. Yeah. We'll have to go with that Deep in the Night by Etta James. Nice. Love it. <laughs> if you were to give advice to musicians starting out now, what would you say? I say the thing that I said before, know your value is mm -hmm. to just have boundaries and decide what your value is and stick to it. 
Mm. Uh, whatever that is. If it's going to be, if you want to play something for no money, make sure it has value, right? Um, or else decide what you're willing to crawl out of the house for and stick to that. Yeah. Because you have to have your priorities straight. And that way you don't get blown by the wind because people are going to come and try and give you things and say things and do all these things. Yep. And you won't have a measured response. You know, take your time, think about it, decide what you, what you're saying. If it, if, then do it. If, you know, if it measures up to what your expectations are for yourself, then, then do it. But I did not do that. I just, I kind of got swayed with the wind at yeah. first. So I think that that's really important. Awesome. You got a tour coming up. You working on a new record? I've got a lot of songs. I've been in, I wrote so many songs in the last month, so there'll be something soon. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We'll link all your stuff in the show notes. Anybody that wants to follow Joanne on socials, on Spotify, we'll link all those things. Website. Uh, buy some merch. Thanks. Thank you so Thanks much. For doing this. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. We did it. All right. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Joanne Parker. If you dig the show, please follow us wherever you listen. Hit the plus sign in Apple Podcasts. Hit subscribe on YouTube under How Musicians Make It. That is what helps us continue to grow this thing. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any other great episodes. And then if you dig it, share an episode with a friend. If there's an episode you think, man, this episode's awesome, like the one that I broke down the numbers of my last show. It says breaking down the numbers of my last show where I had my 18-piece orchestra at a mid-sized venue in Minneapolis, and uh, we talked about ticket price, we talked about how much I paid the musicians, how much the merch cost, how much I sold in merch, how much I did in ticket sales, all that stuff. If you dig a show like that, share it with a friend so people see that this show is happening, uh, and that's going to be the best way for me to grow this thing. So I appreciate you all listening very much, and I'll see you at the next one. Peace. Peace.